1: and uncover stories not typically heard, but stories that need to be heard. Right or wrong, life or death, this isn't your typical law show. This is Big Angry Law with Charles Big Angry Adams on KPRC 950. Now, Charles Adams.
2: Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about last night. I am actually out of town. Uh, Someone asked me if I had a cold. I am using a Yeti microphone to do the show on my laptop without my mixing board. I'm splicing in the music, and I get that it doesn't sound as good, but I didn't want to bring the whole setup, but I also wanted to be able to give y'all a show when I had the time. Yesterday, I did not have the time, and I there's, there's a decent chance I won't tomorrow. I am in La Jolla, California, because tomorrow, my oldest child finds out where she will be spending the next seven years of her life as a surgical resident. Apparently, two years are for research. I'm learning, but anywho. She uh, she has to give a speech tomorrow as the president of her class. She found out this past Monday that she definitely matched, right? Because every medical school has a big ceremony, and I guess they tell the kids in advance, or kids or adults, they tell the adults in advance if they didn't match or matched, because I guess you don't show up for the ceremony. Which historically apparently was a letter opening ceremony where everybody would simultaneously open the letter where they found out where they were going. Now, in 2022, you open an email at the same time. Uh, it sounds, it's a, it's a weird, weird seeding process. Right? You submit a bunch of applications, you get interviews. Then, of the places you get the interviews, you seed the schools that you are most interested in. And she had, obviously that was done a while back, and she has been very stressed this week about whether or not she made the right decision. It was my advice, which of course she did not listen to, that her focus should be happiness, right, not prestige, because damn it, you're going to be a surgeon anyway, right, When someone says you're a doctor and they ask what kind, you say you're the kind of doctor that people actually want when there's an emergency, not a doctor of women's studies or men's studies or LGBT studies or English or French literature or medieval history or whatever nonsense doctors. And, And I say this as someone... With a juris doctor, and right? I got three degrees, I would never consider myself, hey, I mean, I don't even put a JD or an LLM after my name. I, I subscribe to the math that doctors are doctors. Honestly, I would argue that only MDs are in fact actual doctors, and it's not that getting a PhD isn't a lot of work, it is. But when I think doctor, I think doctor. But having said that, I don't begrudge people like all this nonsense about Jill Biden. No, she's not a doctor. She's got her ED. Well, it's an educational doctorate. Sure, it's not as tough to get as a PhD, which isn't nearly as tough to get as a DO, which isn't nearly isn't as tough to get as an MD. But anyhow, had an interesting time. So I turned 50 on Monday. That's like disgusting. I'm old, old. And I'll talk. To you. I want to talk about uh, all the revelations in my in the juicy Smolet and just all the people that are coming out standing for him. Patrice Colors has been, you know, lambasting America. Kim Fox, the district attorney for Cook County, also uh, dressing us down as a as a as a whole for this prosecution. But before I get there. I had quite the experience. So I had a 2021 Tahoe. I still do, just a different one now. That I bought at Classic Chevrolet in Houston. Wonderful experience purchasing it. Really a wonderful experience. I didn't have a great experience at Classic Galveston when I bought my Escalade. Because I bought it new. But actually it had been used at a golf tournament. So when I went to turn on the Sirius and have a warranty conversation, the warranty had been running... I felt very, very misled. Then I had a bunch of problems with it, so I switched back to Audi. You know, and I just, but I just like the size of General Motors cars, right? So I bought this Tahoe right off the truck, right before the big chip crisis, but they were still hard to get. Z seventy one, I loved it. It was kind of the weird blue, black color that I'd never seen before. With with it's a Z seventy one, so it had the black lettering package or accessory pack. Great truck aesthetically comfortable had exactly didn't have the sunroof which I didn't want just it was exactly what I wanted I was very happy with both the purchase and the truck in November the check engine light comes on so I take it in I mean it's under warranty and I take it to Nap Chevrolet which is real close to my house and I would have probably bought my truck there but they just didn't have any Z71s and again I had a great experience at Classic Houston. But after my bad experience at Classic Galveston, I wasn't wanting, you know, I would have rather bought one close to the house. But, again, great experience at Classic Houston. I wish I could remember the salesman's name. He was great. this is just a great experience. So, but I take it a nap to get service because it's near the house. And the check engine light comes on, so I take it there. And it was an emissions light, and they turned it off and gave it back. And it came right back on, and I texted the guy. Uh, the sale, the, the service of the guy. And he said, oh, you know, just bring it back in whenever. And, you know, so I needed an oil change, and so I knew I was going to drive it to California. Now, why am I driving to California? I'm about to turn 50. Uh, I mean, I like to drive, the gumball and all that, but I was also supposed to go to Iceland next week, you know. Volcanoes, hot springs. They, bought a, uh, they built a new hotel resort right on the famous hot springs. So I'm thinking just Nordic women in bikinis all week. Um, not that I would look. I'd be there with the wife. But, you know. and uh, But because I got my wife the dog for Valentine's Day, no Iceland. That was kiboshed, right? No northern lights, no volcanoes. And so we decided to drive out here with the dog. Now, I've made this drive a bunch. I love the drive. But I take the car to the shop again, get the oil change, whatever service. You got to figure out this check engine light. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh you know, we can keep it and drive it tomorrow but you know see if it comes back on but we can't find anything wrong again. Mind you this is the second time I take it to him with this problem. So I go pick it up and sure enough the next day check engine light comes back on. But again I've been told there's nothing wrong.
1: Big angry law with Charles Adams on KPRC 950.
2: so I can continue to tell y'all about my miserable experience driving to California. Now let's dial it back a little bit. I don't know, where were we left? Oh, we left it before. We left it with me taking my truck in a NAP Chevrolet, and them just turning the check engine light off and giving it back to me and uh, for the second time, and the light coming right back on. And he told me it was a different admissions light, but I'm like, i mean, a different different light for the engine like I was was like bro no I texted you here's the text conversation so I text him back he's like okay well I get the foreman involved but no 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 I'm like okay well whatever you know they're saying nothing's wrong with it so I leave we drive all day to El Paso and it was a great drive I love that West Texas drive I love the West Texas speed limit uh, I used to stay at the Hyatt in El Paso all the time, but I had some bad customer service there. I decided to try this Embassy Suites. It was very nice. We got there super late because we left late, but it was just it was a good drive, a good day. Stopped at the Cracker Barrel in Kerrville. I will tell you, Cracker Barrel has gone downhill. And I don't know if it's just a few that I go to, but it's it is... Not what it once was. You're thinking, oh, uh, Cracker Barrel. Well, the Cracker Barrel is great. I mean, old Cracker Barrel, right? And not just for breakfast, right? Big fan of the meatloaf, big fan of the corn, the macaroni and cheese, the okra. They got a good salad. I mean, it's great road trip food, or it was. But the last few years, it has just kind of fallen apart. And it's just not good. Damn. So, get back on the road you know just a good drive good good drive get to el paso everything's good i will tell you had a frustrating experience in that we leave el paso we're about an hour into new mexico while we're, we're leaving the hotel i asked my son who is 23 i said hey man you got your uh, phone charger answers me in the affirmative realizes an hour later he doesn't right so i'm pissed right like, you know, these things don't grow on trees. Yeah, it might only be 50 bucks, but as a principal, you got to learn to check your own tail, blah, 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 blah. So I'm in a fussy mood. Then I get fussy about something else, and I'm kind of fussing at him. I'm fussing at him as we get into Arizona. And I have a torn meniscus in my knee that I got when I was fussing at him about basketball in the driveway, trying to push him to play harder. And God reached down and said, here you go. I probably needed that lesson. Well, maybe I needed another lesson because I'm fussing out, right? And this kid, 23 years old, graduated from Rice in three years, Phi Beta Kappa with almost a perfect GPA. Would have a perfect GPA, but he argued with a teacher. And I already got his Master's of Science. You know, a lot of people get Master's of Arts. That's nice. I am a Bachelor of Arts to law degree guy. Lawyers are fake smart people, Right. People, the science people, engineering, those are the actual doctors, real smart people, medical doctors. Anyhow, I got he, he actually completed his Master of Science from the London School of Economics in December while starting law school at the bus law school in the state of Texas and one of the best in the country in the fall. Uh, it doubled up. Amazing. But I'm still fussing at him because I'm one of those dads, right? And while I'm <laughs> mid-fussing at him, the car starts shaking, and at first I just think it's the middle of nowhere desert I-10 road in, in Arizona. But then an array of check engine lights come on, like ESC and traction control, all kind of stuff, and it's it's shuddering. So I make it to Benson, Arizona, and I park in the Love's gas station parking lot, and I'm parked up against where the you put air in your tires. I'm way out of the way. But I'm on the phone with OnStar, Cat and John get out, they take the dog, and so I'm just dealing with this, right? And while I'm on the phone with OnStar, this 18-wheeler pulls up right next to me and then starts honking at me, and then gets out, and it's a little Asian dude screaming at me to leave, right? Or to move. And my truck's broke down, and I'm like, I'm parked here, I'm not moving, I'm on the phone with OnStar, he's just screaming at me, he comes up to my car door, or my truck door, I roll down the window, I said, look man, I'm having a vehicle, but I'm not... Keep screaming. I'll like, say, hey, look, you little MF, MF. You know, I go off. Leave me the MF alone. Then he starts screaming at me about my language, right? And like tapping on my car. So, of course, I'm going to get out, right? And and I thought we were going to fight because I was in no mood. But he was one of those that he wanted to scream. But when you're like, hey, man, okay, you want to do something, and he has a little buddy filming me. It's like, we can do something. Whatever you want to do. You're going to come up to my car door and scream at me? Let's do something. Well, you just wanted me to watch my language at this point. And all he had to do was he he messed up his turn. He just had to back up a little bit. You know? I didn't want to move my car any further. The whole thing was seizing and shuddering. And the OnStar lady later had to hear the whole exchange. She's like, oh, my God, that was horrible. What's wrong with that guy? Oh, don't worry about it. But that's the kind of, you know, when you have that kind of snowball of things going wrong. So I get the car to Benson Arizona to Tucson which is about 40 miles away and there are no brand and I'm, I'm just buying a new car so I get it to a dealership there they're like oh that's about a six hour repair but it's probably two to three weeks on parts it's a lifter or something and the service guy's like I tell him the whole story about the check engine line he's like absolutely that should have been a red flag that dealership should have known there was Something wrong with the engine, and they should have taken the time to figure it out. I'm so sorry this happened to you. So, I've got a friend that works at Avis. Big shout out to Ian. And he scours Arizona looking for a full size SUV for me. Don't exist. He says spring break, everything. He could have got me like a Ford Edge or a sedan, but we've got a bunch of crap in the truck. We got the dog, we got John, we got luggage. I'm like, that's not going to work. So, I think, well, I'll just buy me another Tahoe or a Sequoia or a Navigator, or an Expedition, or a Denali. I just want a full-size SUV. The only full-size SUV new in Tucson, Arizona, which is not a small town, $115,000 for a Jeep Grand Wagoneer, the new Grand Wagoneer, which I don't particularly like aesthetically, I don't think they're nice. So then I'm looking at Phoenix, but I've got an hour and a half from Phoenix, right? And I've got, for because I'm an idiot, instead of just waiting, I've got reservations that start that night in here in La Jolla. And so, sure enough, uh, I've got at O'Reilly. O'Reilly's trying to find me, but they're like, no one's doing dealer trades with this, and there's just nothing. I'm on my phone, I'm talking to the GMC dealership, and they've got a Denali with 9,000 miles on it. For eighty three, mind you, I bought my Z seventy one Tahoe brand new, and I got a, a iHeart vendor dealer discount and all this stuff. And I got it for fifty six and change. Right, I got this amazing deal, much less than a sticker. So they've got another Z seventy one Tahoe a twenty one, and then the guy, the service guy, said it was the ones built between December and February where they're having this specific problem, which mine was this one. And then I asked the the sales guy, and this one that they had was built in March. And it had, you know, like 18,000 miles on it, and, but certified and all that. They want 69 for it, or 69, I mean, more than I paid for my new one. Now, it's got all these bells and TVs in the back, all this crap that I don't want. And I don't really like the silver color, but it's still, you know, it's not two to three weeks. So I'll just buy it, right? And so I asked them to give me how much to trade. They paid me seven grand more. That I bought my truck for new for the trade. I put 30,000 miles on it and they paid me seven grand more, which is crazy to me. But I end up buying a new Tahoe in Tucson, not a new, slightly used Tahoe. It's it's crazy what this chip. We'll finish the story when we get back in one moment.
1: You're You're listening to Big Angry Law on KPRC 950.
2: having to listen to me continue to whine about this experience where I took my truck in twice for a check engine light to nap Chevrolet, only to have them turn the light off and give it back to me and say that there's nothing they can find wrong with it. And then to have my engine go out on me in literally, when I say in the middle of nowhere, imagine a bunch of giant boulders, desert, cactus, dirt, dust, tumbleweeds, like real actual tumbleweeds. That's where I was when it started shuttering. And I was lucky I got to Benson. And then almost got in a fight in the parking lot of the Love gas station with a 18-wheeler I had just, clown world, right? We're living in this crazy clown world. But I gotta give a shout out to, because obviously this dealership has me over the barrel, right? The service guy was great. I mean, I got there at 5. They could, the service closed at 7. The dealer closed at 7. He actually took it in, put it on the machine, looked at it, talked to me. He was like, you know, he wouldn't try to sell me. So I was like, I can fix a six-hour job, but it's going to be a two- to three-week probably on parts, man. Try to find a rental, whatever. Big problem. They have a certified pre-owned, also 2021, built a little bit later. Has a big old moonroof and all this. all this stuff that I didn't want them month. I just wanted a basic truck, right, for more. But they pay me all this money for my truck more than I bought it new, and it had thirty thousand miles on it. So, you know, I could consider it a wash. I end up paying cash for the difference, and just driving out with a new truck, right? And they knocked off. They made a little bit more for the trade than initially they asked. They knocked some off the top of. It. I mean, they just and they knew they had me over a barrel. I was talking to a GMC dealership, but a dolly, but it was white. If I would have been willing to go to Phoenix, I could have got a white Expedition. They both had the XLT and whatever the nicer one is, the Limited. I don't really like the thought of getting a white giant SUV. I mean, come on. That's like mom color, right? And this is silver, and I just like the aesthetic of the Z71 and the comfort. I just don't. The service, I don't know. The quality. I will tell you, if, if I would have got enough... If the headroom existed in the Sequoia, the Toyota big SUV or the Land Cruiser or their Lexus counterparts, although I don't like the, I think the Lexuses are a little effeminate whereas I think the Toyota, especially the the Sequoias and the Tundras that are built in Texas, but anyhow, I don't fit. I guess they're built for Japanese men and the, the seats don't drop low and there's just not enough head clearance for a tall guy like me. Uh, which is weird because there is in the tundra, and I am hopeful with this new Sequoia body style because it it comes out this summer. I'll just buy one of those, and I'll put run flats on it, and I'll be able to go on my long road trips and whatever. But O'Reilly Chevrolet in Tucson, Arizona, they did me a solid. They paid me a lot of money for my trade. It's still, you know, it's crazy how long it took, though, to buy – a car when you're paying cash, and I'll tell you, I want to be honest, right? This is really growing up without money, the fact that I had engine trouble and my solution was, I'm just going to pay cash for another truck. It felt nice. I'd be being dishonest, right? If if because guys like, well, what are you going to do? I'm just going to buy something else. To hell with this. And General Motors or O'Reilly Chevrolet. Paid me as if the car wasn't broken, right? They're like, it's war- the tile wasn't broken. They're like, it's warranted, we'll fix it. We, you know, this is what we'll pay you, we'll pay you. And again, more than I paid for it, new. Now, I did get a great deal from Classic Chevrolet in Houston. So when I'm sitting here disparaging the negative experience that I had with Knapp Chevrolet, I don't want to disparage Chevy dealers generally because I had a great experience with Classic Houston and had a great experience with O'Reilly in Tucson. And I got back on the road. Mind you, it takes like it took like five hours, right? From the time we got, well, no, I guess it from the time we started shuttering outside of Benson to five or six hours to actually get the truck get, and get going back on the road, right? And mind you, I had reservations in La Jolla already, which I usually don't do. I'll just get it when I get there. But I had looked at Torrey Pines, and it was booked up. And we usually stay at the Hyatt. But I had reservations there for later in the week. But they hit me with this crazy number to extend it earlier because we left earlier than we thought. And I ended up, because I enjoyed the embassy suites in in El Paso, and I haven't stayed in the embassy suites in forever. And the only one I've ever really stayed is the one in Austin. And I didn't love it. I don't love its location on the other side of the lake. Anyhow, so we... We have these two, and I got this big executive suite with like a six-person night, a place to have like meetings in, and whatever their nicest room is, and then John, a regular room, but it's spring break week, it's La Jolla, it's expensive, but it's also very close to my my daughter's residence here, and so I just decided I'm going to get it. Of course, Kathy wants to stop, right, and I drive this new Tahoe. I couldn't figure out how to open it. It's got a giant moonroof. Couldn't figure out how to open it because I didn't want to stop to do it. I have since figured it out, obviously. And I wish I would have because it would have been beautiful driving in the desert at night and in the mountains. And if you've never driven to San Diego, it's very mountainous right before you get into the city. Like after you get into California, but before you get into San Diego, incredibly steep, Right. I mean, the, I think the highest you get is 5,000 feet, but then you get back to sea level. It's it's tough driving. It was really tough driving when you left El Paso at like 8.30 that morning, right? And I think we got in at 4 a.m. Tuesday morning, and I have never been more wired on that canned Starbucks cold brew in the The very calorie-heavy Starbucks Frappuccino, which I hate. I hate just drinking calories, right? But I like drinking. I used to be a police officer working night shifts. so I can do it. And my wife, very frustrated with me. But we got there. It was fine. And what was weird is I was up like three hours later, ready for the day. And I did do a show. I usually, you know, I didn't talk about being out of town. Um, I did do a show. That's why someone messaged me if I asked did, if I sounded stuffy, and it's like no, I'm just using this, this USB Yeti mic, and it's or asked me if I was sick because I sounded stuffy. But anyhow, so the lesson to be learned is just because a dealership is telling you not to to worry or that there's nothing wrong with your truck, don't believe them that the check engine light's on. Take it to another dealer. Um, I mean, and I don't know. It was a frustrating, frustrating experience. But let's let's move on. And I feel like I've wasted a whole lot of y'all's time talking about this. But uh, I kind of feel like it's not been fair because I should be talking about what's going on in the world. So let's let's d- jump in. We got a couple minutes left in this segment into police news. The Hill tweeted at The Hill. Officer who fatally shot 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant cleared of wrongdoing. That happened this week. Um, it was an unusual take because if you look at the video, you would think that the headline would instead of instead of the inflammatory anti-cop nonsense, it would have been something akin to uh, the officer who stopped a woman from st- or stopped a 16-year-old from stabbing to death another teenager. Uh, was cleared of any wrongdoing right it, it's it's not I mean it's it's horrible it's tragic if you look at Makai Bryant's life it sounds like she didn't get a lot of breaks it yeah. sounds like her mother really abandoned her and she was abandoned by so many people and probably lived a life of tremendous squalor and frustration and it's heartbreaking But she was in a foster home where she had a foster parent that sounds like she was very caring and loving and she was not following the rules which led to some discord. But if you look at the video she has a knife is holding another teenager up against the car and is in the backswing uh, to stab her. This is not a situation where the headline should be officer who fatally shot 16-year-old Makai Bryant cleared of wrongdoing and if you'll recall at the time the incredible outcry in social media demanding justice talking about yet another example of a cop murdering a woman of color or a person of color and it was a crescendo of that it was all a bit horrifying and the fact that he's he's had to wait these these many many months to be cleared is also horrifying
1: this is big angry law on KPRC 950 Stranger cries, screams out loud, I had my world strapped against my back, I held my hands, never knew
2: Okay, so I'm going to need to stop whining about my week and my new truck purchase or newish truck purchase on the side of the road. Thank you, China, for covering up the pandemic. And I'm talking about the Chinese government, not the Chinese people who suffer the most from the Chinese government. But thank you, CPC, for covering up the pandemic to the point that it has destroyed the global economy and completed, created this huge supply chain crisis. And thank you, globalists, for making us so dependent on these other countries, and thank you, Putin. I do not get, like, I want to talk about Juicy Smolay, and I don't know, maybe I just won't have the time. I want to talk about this all week. I do not get the Putin fanboys. Like, like, I have been critical of the Biden fanboys and the Trump fanboys and just whatever, the status little, I can't say the word, but... The American Putin fanboys, right? And this is, of course, before they killed an American in a bread line. They bombed a hospital, killed children in a maternity leave, all the horrible, horrible things, right? There's a video that I had posted stills of on uh, my Twitter at Big Angry Law of a drone capturing a civilian, surrendering, being shot and murdered, being drug off the roadway, and then his wife and child being walked into a forest. Horrible, horrifying stuff. I still don't think we need boots on the ground, but these American Putin fanboys. And it's like, do you not get that he is expressly threatening thermonuclear war to melt you and your loved ones, and also those that applaud Putin. I mean, you and they're oh, who no, one nobody applauds Putin. Well, you pay a little more attention to Twitter. I've gotten some pretty. Pretty heated exchanges, which I keep saying I'm going to stop doing, with some Putin fans. Putin stands, uh, but I, I just I honestly don't get it. He, uh, anyhow, it's horrible. I hope it doesn't lead to World War III. Uh, I do hope we we just sanction the hell out of him and provide armaments to for Ukraine to defend itself. Uh, it's just a very tragic situation. But again, I don't. We, America needs to stop warmongering. We need to stop playing world police. We've got billions of dollars to give to the Ukraine, but where is the money for health care for Americans? Where is the money to protect our border? Where is I, but anyhow, so maybe I won't get to the whole breakdown, my whole concern about the juicy spole. He's been freed. He is no longer in custody while he appeals the decision. And the district attorney, Kim Fox, has written a, a op-ed on why it's so horrible that the government prosecuted Juicy. If you're unfamiliar with the story, he fabricated being the victim of a hate crime in Chicago, blamed quote-unquote Trumpers in an effort to extort or coerce his employer, his television show, to pay him more money by uh, episode, and the world lapped it up, right? I think I read a collective version of tweets for brokenhearted politicians who were expressing their concern for both America and for Juicy after he suffered his now completely evidence-established, completely fabricated attack. But yet you've had, and I thought maybe that was the end of it. He got sentenced to, I think, 15 months, and still more probation and a fine. But I was a bit shocked to see the number of people brazenly defending him, including the chief prosecutor of Chicago. And she wrote this op-ed, which was tone-deaf at best. She wrote, At its best, our justice system should make people safer, hold accountable those who seek to harm others, and earn the trust of its citizenry. At its worst, the system can be easily manipulated in furtherance of thinly veiled political agendas. She writes, On Thursday, the damaging, costly, and disingenuous criminal prosecution of Juicy Smollett came to an end. As Cook County State's Attorney, it pains me deeply to say that in this particular case, our justice system failed. Chicagoans deserve to know how and why it can and likely will happen again across the country. And she gives her litany, or her breakdown. In January 2019, Mr. Smollett reported that he had been the victim of a hate crime. For the forced reports of the alleged attack, this case was treated like no other. When the preliminary investigation suggested that significant portions of his story appeared untrue, many of the specific details quickly found their way into the public sphere. Almost immediately, there were leaks to the press. I mean, it just just she goes on. And then, then Superintendent A. Johnson flew to New York City for a live interview on Good Morning America to discuss the evidence and Mr. Smollett's assumed guilt prior to formal charges being filed. Given the reputational price Smollett paid, the 10000 bond we held, and the fact that he'd never been accused of a violent crime, my office made the decision not to further pursue a criminal conviction. This story should have ended there as thousands upon thousands of non-prosecuted cases do every day. Instead, taxpayers have spent millions of dollars for the criminal prosecution of a hoax. So let's, uh, and I want to go, I want to do a deeper dive, maybe tomorrow, right? His poor grandmother demanded that she be jailed, too, because he's innocent. I mean, at least he's still got his grandma. His brother has talked about what a travesty it is. Patrice Cullors, founder of Black Lives Matter, has has visited him and made such an absurd statement that it really... I mean, there was a time in America where you could not criticize Ms. colors without being canceled. You couldn't criticize her organization without... It. And then it became very clear that they were using victims as props to raise money and then keeping a giant portion of that money. But that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about Kim Fox and Juicy Smolley. Kim Fox writes in that op-ed that they decided not to prosecute it as they do with thousands of other cases. Now, one would hope that that was the, the just possessors of drugs, right? That our society says, "Hey, you know, we we don't want you to ruin your life by using drugs, so we're going to ruin your life for you because we caught you using drugs." And the reality in that is the way they search and police Poor people of color and poor people generally is very different. Uh, the upper middle class and wealthy and white people are policed, right? That's a simple truth. So, although everyone uses drugs, only some people suffer the consequence of the war on drugs, and it's it's a reality, and it's why it should end. But that's not what Kim Fox is talking about. Kim Fox is talking about thousands and thousands of victim crimes, people who suffer thefts, vandalisms, where they have the good fortune of catching the victimizer, and in most of those crimes in Chicago, the victimizer gets away with it. Same thing with rapes and murders, right? It's a good place to go to get away with crime. But it's even better when you have a DA that is literally clutching her pearls because the government said, hey, we're not gonna let a guy get away with crime, especially a crime designed to push America into a greater racial divide based on a hoax, based on a lie, and more importantly, it used so much police, time. and we had so much virtue signaling. We had so many politicians, almost universally in the Democratic Party, just say such horrible things about white Americans and conservative Americans in the wake of this alleged assault, and it was all absolutely untrue. He robbed the city of Chicago of so much police energy in an effort to divide Chicago further. And he absolutely needs a consequence. And the solution, the reform movement for law enforcement, should have nothing to do with not prosecuting victim crime when you're fortunate enough to identify the perpetrator. Kim Fox is an awful person who should not be leading any